Welcome to this episode. We're going to cover $100 million offers by Alex Hormozzi. If you are a business owner or you're thinking about creating a type of offer for your business, this book creates this beautiful blueprint for you to pump in value into your offer so that you can over deliver and just, you know what, we're going to go through the whole thing right now, but it is an amazing book. I know you guys may have heard of Alex Hormozzi, but if you have not, Alex Hormozzi, he has made hundreds of millions of dollars in his 20s. He started acquisition.com, so he helps very large businesses making over three million a year to scale even higher. But before that, he owned a lot of gyms. He was a management consultant straight out of college in Vanderbilt. And he learned all this entrepreneurial, very hard earned lessons and he puts them all into this book. So you're about to get a very deep inside look into his brain and how he thinks. So let's get into it. So we got $100 million offers. How to make offers so good people feel stupid saying no. Immediately, one thing you'll notice is that this is not mental masturbation. A lot of business books tend to like just beat around the bush and then sell their course, sell their everything. Alex doesn't sell anything here. Since March 2017, every business Alex has started achieved a $1.5 million per month run rate. So it's very, very low probability that that wasn't luck. So these frameworks are timeless business principles that apply to every business. So there are three things you can do to grow. Get more customers, increase their average purchase value, and then get them to buy more times, like increase their lifetime value as a customer, right? So the overarching theme here is to put together what Alex calls a grand slam offer. It's an offer so big and so packed full of value that the prospect will feel really stupid if they say no. What a grand slam offer allows you to do is to sell in a category of one because it is so niche down, it is so hyper-specific People can't compare your offer to your competitors because yours over delivers on value and is just so different and is so unique to you and your story, which leads into pricing. What you want to avoid is having a commoditized service or product because that is something that everyone in your market has so they can easily compare one with the other. But with a Grand Slam offer, they cannot do that. And the key takeaway is this. A business does the same amount of work in both cases with a commoditized service or with a Grand Slam offer. The fulfillment is the same, but the Grand Slam offer makes it seem as though it has a completely different product inside. It's a value-driven purchase. Your Grand Slam offer forces a prospect to stop and think differently to assess the value of your differentiated product. A commoditized business and offers have a hard time getting responses from ads because all their marketing looks the same as everyone else's. How many times have you seen that model? You pay us to do the work, we do the work, Maybe you get results from that work. Maybe you don't. You don't want to be subject to commoditization. So you can go to acquisition.com slash training slash offers and you can download free SOPs, cheat codes, and courses, a free course in there to put together your offer. Very helpful. First and foremost, choosing the right market matters. The power of picking the right market is a very important first step you need to do. In the book, Hormozzi talks about one of his friends who is a brilliant mind, brilliant business mind, and he's been pushing ads on newspapers for decades. But he realized that he's doing everything right in all these different areas, but some, like he's still not making as much money month on month as he was earlier. What was going on? The thing he didn't realize is that the newspaper market is dwindling. It's just getting smaller. So when he switched over to mask, he used all his business resources, same offer, same basic type of ads and everything he was doing, but he did it to sell mask during COVID. His business boomed and all he did was just switch markets. Like that's all you have to do. That's the power of choosing the right market. You always want to be choosing a growing market. And in nature and in business, it's the same. If you're not growing, you're dying. So make sure you find and get on a vehicle that is taking you up. And don't be romantic about your audience. You need to serve the people who can pay you what you're worth. Remember, picking a market like anything is always our choice. So choose wisely. We are not trying to create demand. We're trying to channel it. When picking markets, Hormozzi looks at four indicators. One, massive pain. They must desperately need what you're offering. The pain is the pitch. If you can articulate the pain of a prospect is feeling accurately, they will almost always buy what you're offering. Two, purchasing power. Your audience needs to be able to afford the service you're charging them. For instance, he gives an example of a resume service, like helping people get jobs. And a lot of these people, these clients weren't able to pay and he kept giving all the way these guarantees and refunds but he realized wait the people i'm trying to serve are unemployed this is not 
this is not the ideal avatar. It's not the ideal customer. So be sure that your ideal audience can pay for the services you're providing because it's worth something. Three, easy to target. Avatars that have mailing lists, channels they watch, associations, you want to make sure that you can find your audience and easily market to them. Make your ad spend as efficient as possible. Four, growing. Growing markets are like a tailwind. They make everything move much faster and easier. Declining markets are like headwinds. They make all your efforts harder. And if you're kind of confused on which market to get into, there's these three overarching markets that will always exist, always have health, wealth, and relationships. So get creative and think of ways to penetrate those markets. There are three levers on success. These are those three ranked by importance. First, starving crowd. That is more important than second, the offer strength. And three, persuasion skills. It's harder to sell someone the further down you go down on that line. It's much easier to sell if you have a starving crowd, like the right market that really needs what you're selling, than it is to improve your offer strength, than it is to have really good persuasion skills. You need to have extremely good persuasion skills to sell to a market that doesn't want your product than it is to be in the right product at the right time and have so-so persuasion skills. And then Hormozzi has this fun phrase. He says, don't make me niche slap you. No one can serve two masters. You have to pick one. Commit once you pick. The grass is never greener once you get to the other side. If you keep hopping from niche to niche, you deserve to be niche slapped. You will fail until you succeed. Other reason for niching down is that it will make you far more money. We're going to get into that. Most of you listening, I would say all of you, have not capped your niche. You will cap your niche when you reach around $10 million a year. That's the figure given here. And then and only then can you explore going up and down in our adjacent markets. Very important here, you have to reject people who don't fit your avatar. You can literally charge 100 times more for the exact same product if you niche down because these prospects will feel heard and seen. And more importantly, because your product actually addresses their main concerns. It's not a broad, high-level product anymore. It's not a broad, high-level offer. You want the prospect to think, this is made exactly for me. The product would speak directly to this avatar. The sales messaging would speak to them so much that they would find a more compelling and get more value from it in a real way. You want to be the guy who services this type of person or solves this type of problem. You want to be known for your service and known for the specific offer you sell. Or even better, I solve this type of problem for this specific type of person in this unique counterintuitive way that reverses their deepest fear. Think in those terms. Don't pick bad markets. Commit until you figure it out. Stop personalizing. You don't suck. Your offer sucks. Keep trying. Making shitloads of money breaks people's minds. It literally stretches their minds so far past what they believe is possible. They assume what you're doing is either wrong or illegal. They literally can't even. So let's go into the pitch to value discrepancy. The reason people buy anything is to get a deal. They believe that what they are getting, value, is worth more than what they are giving in exchange for it, price. Getting people to buy is not the objective of the business. Making money is. And lowering price is a one-way road to destruction for most. You can only go down to zero, but you can go to infinity high in the other direction. Don't compete on price. That is a major common mistake a lot of entrepreneurs do. They try to undercut the competition, but it is a road to destruction. We will raise our price only after we have sufficiently increased our value. So this is what you're going to see most business owners pricing process look like. It's step one, look at the marketplace. Step two, see what everyone else offers. Step three, take the average. Step four, go slightly below to quote, remain competitive. Five, provide what their competitors offer with a little more. And step six, end up with a value proposition of more for less. And the big secret, those competitors they are copying are dead broke. So why on earth copy them? Pricing where the market is means you're pricing for market efficiency, which means eventually no one can provide any more value for any less. The bottom of that market eventually gets washed out and the new naive business owners come in and repeat the process. Again, we're not trying to stay above water. We're trying to make egregious amounts of money. We are not trying to get the most customers. We are trying to make the most money. Premium pricing is not only a smart business decision, it is also a moral one. It is the one only choice that will allow you to truly provide the most value in a unique and strong position in the marketplace. 
Let me explain. So this is the virtuous cycle of price. When you decrease your price, you decrease your client's emotional investment since it doesn't cost them much. You also decrease your client's perceived value of your services. It can't be that good if it's so cheap or priced the same as everyone else's. It also decreases your client's results because they do not value your service and are not invested in doing the steps necessary. It also attracts the absolute worst clients because they are never satisfied until your service is free. And it also destroys any margin you have left to actually be able to provide an exceptional experience, hire the best people or invest in your people. And you can't reinvest in your business. So it automatically just destroys you as a business owner. Conversely, this is what happens when you raise your price you actually increase the emotional investment that these prospects have with your product. You also increase the perceived value of your product. You also increase the results because these people are invested in product and they start doing the steps laid out that will give them those results, which will lead to more testimonials and more clients. It also attracts the best clients because they're the easiest to satisfy. They cost less to fulfill because they're not always complaining and looking for excuses and like looking for refunds, easy way out. These are action takers. And you multiply your margins because you now have money to invest in systems and create efficiencies and hire the best people, the best sales teams, and you can scale reinvesting in your business. When you increase your price, you increase the value the consumer receives without changing anything else about your product. Higher price means higher value, literally. As example, there's a famous blind wine test that was given where people were given three different wines to taste from and they were given just the price tags of this is a cheaper wine, this is a so-so wine, and this is a very expensive wine and everyone tasted and guess what? Everyone on the survey said that the most expensive wine tasted better. They said, this is absolutely amazing and this cheap wine tastes really bad. You know what the plot twist is? It was the exact same wine, all three. That's the power of pricing. Again, the higher the price, the more allure your product or service has. People want to buy expensive things. They just need a reason. Again, the goal isn't to be slightly above the market price. The goal is to be so much higher that the consumer thinks to themselves, this is so much more expensive. There must be something entirely different going on here. That is how you create a category of one. You are a monopoly and can make monopoly profits. That is the point. One final point, if you offer a service in which a consumer must do something in order to achieve a result or solve the problem you say you solve, they must be invested. Therefore, it follows that if you care about your customers, you should get them as invested as humanly possible. This means ideally you should charge a price for your service in such a way that it stings a little bit when they buy. That sting will force their attention and their investment in your product or service. Those who pay the most, pay the most attention. And those consumers follow through and get better results with your service than your competition does. Then you are in a very real way providing more value than anyone else's. That is how you win. And this is one of Hormozzi's most famous quotes. You must outwork your self-doubt. You must believe so deeply in your solutions because you have delivered so many times. You know this person will succeed. Your conviction must be stronger than anyone else's skepticism. So here's the takeaway. First and foremost, you need to charge a premium. You must be able to charge a premium because you provide more value than anyone else in the industry. In a real way, you are charging a fraction of what your clients will be making using your product or service. This is very important. Your clients are still getting a deal. The gap between what they paid, the price, and what they got, the value, must be massive. Profit is oxygen. It fuels the fire of growth. You need it if you want to reach more people and make a bigger impact. So. Let's get into section three of the book, creating your offer. From this point forward, you must abandon any notion you have about what's fair. Every enormous company in the world charges you money for things that cost them nothing. It costs pennies for a phone company to add an additional user, except they don't mind charging you hundreds per month for access. It costs pennies to manufacture pharmaceutical drugs, but they don't mind charging hundreds of dollars a month. You need to have a big discrepancy between what something costs you and what you charge for it. It is the only way to be unreasonably wealthy. You should never charge more for what your product is worth, but you should charge far more for your product or service than it costs to fulfill it. Key distinction there. And think big. Think up to 100 times more, not just two or three times more. And if you provide enough value, it should always still be a steal for the prospect. That's the power of value. 
Okay, so here comes the first visual. This is the value equation. This is why I had to redo the whole episode. I need you guys to see this because once you see this, you can't unsee this, okay? If you're listening, tune into YouTube so you can see the value equation. Please pause this so you can take it in. All right, so in the numerator, you have two elements. You have dream outcome times perceived likelihood of achievement. And on the denominator, the bottom, you have two elements as well. You have the time delay between the purchase and the achievement of that goal and the perceived effort of sacrifice. That equation will give you the value of your offer. So the top two numerators, you're going to seek to increase and the bottom two denominators, you will seek to decrease. And if you can get the bottom as close to zero, you will win. You want to reduce the denominator as much as possible and you want to increase the numerator as much as possible. Let's get into that. Key to understand here is perception is reality. There are logical and psychological solutions to problems. Most of the time, logical solutions have already been tried. Try psychological solutions to really distinguish your offer from the rest. For instance, a famous example of this, people were complaining about waiting times on elevators when they first rolled out, and then they started implementing mirrors in the elevators, and people are self-obsessed, so they started looking at the at themselves in the, in the mirror and they just lost all notion of time. So that is one psychological solution without actually changing anything of your offer or anything about the solution. So that is a creative psychological solution to a logical problem, which is the time delay. Like you can just put on mirrors and use human psychology. So think about psychological solutions, not just logical ones. That's how you distinguish yourself. So let's look at these four value drivers, the two numerators and the two denominators. So the two numerators, number one, dream outcome you want to increase this our goal is not to create desire it is to simply channel that desire through our offer and monetization vehicle the gap between the dream and the reality to be perceived as beautiful respected powerful loved these are one of the most common status goals that people want so be sure to touch a little bit on those communicate this clearly so that they feel understood example if a prospect's main goal is to feel beautiful and to be beautiful that is using solutions such as makeup supplements fitness surgery those are all ways to address that one very common psychological need people have and people do have preferences they do care about status even if they say they don't the ceo of click funnels russell brunson his wife did not want to buy a lambo even though she could afford it because she said she didn't care about her status. But in reality, she did because if they, when they broke it down further, she didn't want to lose her standing amongst the other moms in her community. That is another way of looking at your status, like caring about your status. So people do care about their status. So just understand human psychology and address that. Pro tip, frame benefits in terms of status gained from the viewpoint of others. So when writing copy, you can make it much more powerful if you connect the dots for them. For instance, when you buy this golf club, your drive will increase by 40 yards. Your buddy's jaws will drop when they see your ball soar 40 yards past theirs. They'll ask you what's changed. Only you will know. So use the point of view of others watching your success. That is copywriting 101. That being said, when comparing two products or services that satisfy the same desire, people are going to look for these other three variables that I'm about to mention to see which one is more valuable than the other. So the second numerator of that value equation is the perceived value of achievement. We want this to increase. People pay for certainty. Would you rather be a plastic surgeon's 10,000th patient or would be their first? You don't want to take on that risk. You want to have some certainty, right? Unless you're an insane person. And the way to do this is through messaging and proof. Have some testimonials. Do some services for free. Like get people excited about your product and show them some proof. Social proof is very, very, very important. Okay, so now let's get to the denominators. This is the bottom half of the equation. You want to reduce these. So the third one is time delay. When they make the purchase versus when they receive the promised benefit, that time is very crucial. You want to try to reduce that as much as humanly possible. The two elements of this driver is a long-term outcome, like the thing people buy, the eventual goal, and two, the short-term experience. That's the thing that makes them stay long enough to get that long-term outcome. So the way to keep them on the path within your service until they reach the main goal is you can use little milestones the prospect sees along the way that shows them they're on the right path. That is very important. If you're selling an e-course with modules and all that, that helps a lot. 
because we want clients to have a big emotional win as close as possible to their purchase. You need to give them a small feeling that they're on the right track. It's very important. You don't want to let them sit there because buyer's remorse comes in very fast. You want to give them some wins as early as possible. This gives them the emotional buy-in and the momentum to see it through to the ultimate goal. Be creative. Always incorporate immediate wins for a client. They need to know that they're on the right path and made the right decision by trusting you and your business. This is also backed by science. People who experience a big victory early on are more likely to continue with something than those who do not. Pro tip, fast beats free. Double down on speed. All right, and the fourth element of the value equation, the second part of the denominator on the bottom half, is the effort and sacrifice. You want to decrease this. Think liposuction versus fitness. How many people would rather get liposuction than go through months of fitness? Why? Because of the amount of effort and sacrifice it takes to look a certain way, right? This is why done-for-you services are more expensive than do-it-yourself because the person doesn't have to use all the effort and sacrifice required to reach that goal. People would rather pay an expert to do it than to navigate them themselves. I was a consultant professionally straight out of college and it blew my mind how much people were paying us to do certain tasks. But then I realized, at first I was like offended. I was like, I'm just like a glorified PowerPoint creator. What, what is going on here? But then I realized the reason why they're paying me the salary they were paying me is because I'm actually making them 10, 20, 30 times more because they are offsetting all the risk onto us, all the learning. These clients that we had, they didn't have to learn. They didn't have to hire. They had no payroll for these people. They were doing it through us. So they are actually getting a deal. You always want your clients to get a deal and they would rather hire experts to do something than to learn it themselves and do stuff in-house. So leverage that if you can and try to reduce the perceived time and sacrifice as humanly possible. Keep in mind that these elements don't happen in a vacuum. They happen together in combination. There's an interplay between these components, all these four components. Think of meditation versus Xanax. Meditation has, obviously it's more healthy, right? But on paper, Xanax delivers the same feeling of relaxation immediately, and it's certain there's no effort or sacrifice, and the time it takes, there's no time delay, maybe 10 minutes, I don't know. But meditation much clearly is healthier for you, but it doesn't matter. The market votes with its dollars. That's why so many more people opt for Xanax and quick easier solutions than to do the effort. So that's the power of marketing. That's the power of leveraging these four elements of the value equation. Again, people are more willing to pay $200 for supplements than to buy a $29 gym membership. Key thing here, you can either complain about how people ought to be a certain way, or you can take advantage of the way people are and capitalize. This book is for those who want to be victors, not victims. You are not going to change human nature. By understanding human behavior, you can provide them with value that is good for them. A win-win. You can make your dent in the universe while making a profit. Here's a key thing, guys. I'm going to break free from Hormozy talk for a bit. You want to have an abundance mindset. I used to think that I was competing with everyone else in the world and then I had to keep secrets to myself. But then I realized the beauty of capitalism is that the, both the buyer and the seller say thank you at the end of an exchange. There's no intermediary there forcing you to buy a product or service like you would have with a socialist infrastructure. And the beautiful thing about capitalism is that you get paid on value. The people with the most money are the people who have created the most value. And if you think about the pie example, you would think with a scarcity mindset, oh my gosh, this person has this much market share, like it's closing like the slice of the pie. I'm going to get a very small piece of pie. If you're creative enough and if you provide enough value, the pie actually increases in size. So you can have the 10 number slices, whatever, but if you increase the amount of pie, the size of the pie, everybody wins. We need innovation. Innovation comes from capitalists and entrepreneurs and people who deliver a lot of value in new and creative ways. I am so tired of hearing about victims and victim mentality who think, oh my gosh, I need to keep these things for myself. I can't compete. You're just scared. Okay, so this book is going to offer you really amazing new ways to look at business and life to increase your value offer because as you'll notice, there's no shortcut. If you want to make a shit ton of money, you need to provide a shit ton of value. And these are just really creative ways to get there, but there's no shortcut. So if you are still with a scarcity mindset, you are going to be a brokey for life. So change that. All right. New chapter, free goodwill. Quote, he who said money can't buy happiness hasn't given enough away. End quote. People who help others with zero expectations experience high levels of fulfillment, live longer, and make more money. Value offer, the thought process. There exists two types of problem solving, convergent and divergent thinking. 
Convergent thinking is the type of thinking we're taught in schools where you take a bunch of knowns and you converge on one singular answer. Math problems are convergent, right? We are taught in school to think this way. Convergent answers are binary. They're either right or wrong. Divergent thinking, however, uses multiple variables, known and unknown conditions, dynamic conditions, and you get many different answers, maybe some better than others. Hormozy offers a thought exercise with this, so if I give you 60 seconds to think of the different uses of a brick, if you want to do this, just hit pause and think for 60 seconds how many different uses you can use a brick for, go ahead. And then just very funny, he's like, okay, did you consider the size of the brick? What if I gave you like a brick the size of a pool? What if it was made of rubber? If the brick had holes in it, could you use it as a pot for a plant? There's so many different uses. You just got to be creative and do that with your offer too. You want to be as creative as possible. Use divergent thinking. You don't always have to think linearly in a binary way. Think of as many easy ways to combine the elements of an offer to make it irresistible and provide value. All right, so let's create your Grand Slam offer. Step one, identify your dream outcome. It has to be them arriving at their destination and what would you like to experience. It is very important to channel those feelings of feeling the win, of getting there, of making it. Use that language. Step two, list the problems. What is the next thing they need help with? Channel insane detail. What else would they be missing? What else after they accomplish this? What else would they need? Points of friction immediately after they purchase a product. What could those be and address those? The more problems you get to think of, the more problems you get to solve. Step three, solutions list. There are two steps to this. Step one, we are going to transform all those problems into solutions. And step two, name those solutions. So think, what would I need to show someone to solve this problem? And then reverse it to a solution-oriented language. Again, you'll notice a lot of this in copywriting, the solution-oriented language. You will solve every problem that they will have. Any objection that comes up, you will have already thought of an answer to. Our solutions provide the needed answer to give a prospect permission to purchase. Throughout this book, there are many free gifts, so I want to make sure you guys get all of them. You go to acquisition.com slash training slash offers. There's a offer creation checklist. There's all kinds of checklists, downloads, PDFs, things you can get for free, a course, a free course. So make sure to get those. All right, step four of creating a Grand Slam offer. Quick note, guys, if this is your first Grand Slam offer, it's important to over-deliver like crazy. You want them to think, I get all of this for only that? Helpful tip is something known as the sales to fulfillment continuum. You want to live by the mantra of create flow, monetize the flow, and then add friction. So you want to generate demand first. Then with your offer, get them to say yes. And when you have enough people saying yes, then and only then will you add friction to your marketing or decide if you're off, if you should offer less for the same price. If you can't get demand flowing in in the first place, then you have no idea whether what you're offering is even good. The last two steps of this Grand Slam offer are the how and the what. So step four of creating a Grand Slam offer is the how part. That is the creating your solution delivery vehicle. So for this, think of anything you can possibly do. Think, be as creative as possible. Think of all the things that might enhance the value of your offer so much so that they would be stupid to say no. What could you do that someone would immediately say, all that, are you serious? Really? Yeah, I'm in. Doing this exercise will make your job selling so much easier. Push your limits and jog your brain. This is where you get to flex your entrepreneurial creativity. And remember, you only need to do this once. You ultimately get paid for thinking. All right, if you're listening, this is another visual. So this is from page 88. This is the delivery cube. This is Alex's cheat code for product variation and enhancement. So pause the video if you see that. Okay, and so for that, you don't wanna get romantic on how you wanna solve the problem. Rather find a way to solve every single problem a prospect could have and present them with a solution have a solution for any objection that could come up. For instance, Alex tells a story of when he was selling gym memberships and he knew how hard it is for people to lose weight if they ate out. So he had a very hard stance. He was like, don't know eating out, no eating out. You're going to fail if you eat out. So just hard no on eating out. And then there was a lady who was an executive at a company and she was telling Alex that she travels so much that she always eats out. She cannot cook for herself. So this program is not for her. Except this time, Alex really needed the money. He was in a tight situation. So he thought creatively. He was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you a guide of eating out so that way you can still eat well when you're eating out and he closed that lady and so all he had to do is create this one guide once 
added some meat to it, and then he could sell that to other people who share the same objection. That's what you want to do. You want to be as creative as possible and ideally create so much value up front that you can reuse it later at no cost to you. Step five of creating a Grand Slam offer is trimming and stacking. This is the what. What we have now is a gigantic list of potential solutions. Next, we will look at the cost of each and remove the ones that are high cost and low value. Then we will remove the low cost, low value items. A high value checklist and what you need to look for is what they will financially value, what will cause them to believe they will actually succeed and make them feel like they can do it with much less perceived effort and sacrifice. Also, you want to look for items that help them accomplish the goals and see the result they want with far less time investment too. So at the end of trimming all the fat, what should remain are items that are A, low cost, high value, and B, high cost, high value. It's worth putting in the time and effort to create a high one-time cost of creation solution because it has infinitely low additional effort after this. That's why software is so valuable. Okay, quick summary of the five steps to create your Grand Slam offer. So step one, we figured out our prospect's dream outcome. Step two, we listed out all the obstacles they're likely to encounter on their way. Step three, we listed all these obstacles as solutions. Step four, we figured out all the different ways we could deliver on those solutions. Step 5A, we trimmed those ways down to only the things that were highest value and lowest cost to us. And step 5B, we put all the bundles together into the high value deliverable, our offer. So once you start down this value creation process, each additional piece of value you create stacks on top over time. So that's why it's so important to begin. Every new thing you create can be bundled into your offer. This bundle format solves three core things. First, it solves all the perceived problems, not just some. Two, it gives you the conviction that what you're selling is one of a kind, very important. Step three, it makes it impossible to compare or confuse your business or offering with the one down the street. Section four, this is enhancing your offer. We are gonna implement the power of scarcity, urgency, bonuses, guarantees, and naming. When demand increases, cut supply. People want what they can't have. People want what other people want. People want things only a select few have access to. The purpose of this section is to break down the power of scarcity, urgency, bonuses to increase demand of your offer without changing your offer. The process of enhancing your offer is designed to do two things, increase demand and decrease perceived supply. This will help you sell the same products for more money and in higher volumes over a longer period of time. So if you're listening, I'm showing another graphic. This is on page 100. That is the typical supply demand curve we've seen in our e-com classes. And on the right is the new demand curve that we're creating by cutting our supply. Desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. It follows, therefore, that we only want things we don't have. We must sell fewer units than we otherwise can. In Hormozzi's experience, demand for services is nonlinear. It's fractal. It's 80-20. What that means is one-fifth of your prospects are willing to pay five times the price or more. People who see those who are able to get in enjoying the, your product or service will further increase the demand the next time you launch. So you want to leave some prospects with pent-up demand. Conversely, when you promote at low cost and sell to everyone in the first promotion, there is no pent-up demand. So each successive promotion, you sell less and less. You're helping less people. It's actually not moral to do this. You're stuck trying to always generate more demand. Hormozy Law. The longer you delay the ask, the bigger the ask you can make. The longer the runway, the bigger the plane that can take off. So we must endeavor to keep our supply under the demand that we are able to generate. This maximizes profit and keeps desire ravenous in our customer base. This is the key to never going hungry. Okay, so so far we've covered all the things inside your offer to make it attractive. Now we're going to look at the variables outside your offer. These forces are often more powerful than your core offer. So in this next section, we're going to cover these five key elements. One. Use scarcity to decrease supply to raise prices. This indirectly increases demand through perceived exclusiveness. Two, use urgency to increase demand by decreasing the action threshold of a prospect. Three, use bonuses to increase demand and increase perceived exclusivity. Four, use guarantees to increase demand by reversing risk. 
Five, we're gonna use names to re-stimulate demand and expand awareness of my offer to my core audience. So let's get into scarcity. Key thing to remember is that the person who needs the exchange less always has the upper hand. So this chapter is gonna teach you how to use scarcity and FOMO to your advantage. This is where you say you are giving away X amount of products or that you can only handle Y amount of clients. Fear of loss is stronger than desire for gain. That's just human psychology. There are three types of scarcity. One, limited supply of seats slash slots in general over X period of time. Two, limited supply of bonuses. Three, never available again. So for physical products, having a limited release is a tried and true method of using FOMO to your advantage. So to properly use this method, you should always sell out. It's better to sell out consistently than to overorder and fail at creating scarcity. Don't sell out too often though. Once a month is about the sweet spot. An important note when using this tactic is that you must let everyone know that you sold out. People on the fence will see that it was sold out and now that they can't get it, they'll desire it more and likely buy it next launch. You want to turn buying impulses into purchases. For services though, it can be a little trickier to use scarcity, but there's a few tactics. One, you can use a total business cap. We're now accepting X amount of clients. This puts a cap on how many clients you can service, but it also helps to keep them in the program. You can create a waiting list for new prospects. Periodically, you can increase this capacity 10% or 20%, but then you have to cap it again. This works for your highest tiers of service levels. An example of this is saying something like, my agency can only service 25 customers total, period. Example two is using a growth rate cap. We only accept X amount of clients per week ongoing. We only accept five new clients per week, for instance, and we already have the first three spots taken. I have six more calls this week, so you can take a spot now or you have to wait until next time we open up. Third tactic is using a cohort cap. So we're only accepting X amount of clients per class or per quarter or per month. Pro tip, these scarcity tactics work especially well for higher ticket upsells. Think workshops, trainings, events, seminars, consulting. Overall guys though, the easiest scarcity strategy is honesty. Most of us could not handle a thousand new clients tomorrow, right? But could you handle five, 10, 25? You might as well define that number and only you get to draw the line of where your capacity is. Again, you don't wanna overstretch yourself. You wanna create some pent up demand, so go a bit lower than that. Just let them know your limits and let psychology do the rest. Here's a pro tip for extreme scarcity. Sell a very limited supply of one-on-one access, DM access, email access, phone access, voice memo access. If you want to immediately make a lot of money, create a very exclusive service level based on access to you. Yes, it's unscalable, but you can cap it at a very tiny number and price it very high. Then tell people, you will make more money than you thought possible. Funny enough, these tend to be some of the best clients. Pro tip. Once you're out, you can never come back. A condition like that works best for small groups like that exclusive offer I just mentioned, but this tactic loses some teeth as groups become much larger. This type of scarcity makes people think extra hard about leaving. All right, so let's talk about urgency. Deadlines drive decisions. Scarcity is a function of quantity, but urgency is a function of time. You need to give people deadlines to take action. This is when you only limit when people sign up rather than how many. Did you know the biggest sales on a week-long campaign happened in the last four hours of the last day, up to 60% of sales? That's human nature. Again, rather than complaining about this, leverage it. Also, some of you might be concerned that you're turning away business and that you're losing sales with this tactic, but you will make more money from the many people who decided to take action than the people who missed out, because in reality, those people were never gonna buy. Here are four of Hormozy's favorite ways of creating urgency. The first is rolling cohorts. If you sign up today, I can get you in our next group, which kicks off on Monday. Otherwise, you'll have to wait until the next kickoff date. This offers a choreographed onboarding experience for new clients, and it's important as you scale. The less frequently you kick off new customers, the more powerful this is. Second method is rolling seasonal urgency. Having an actual sign-up date countdown is very useful. Make sure they see it everywhere, in all your copy and our website all the time. And also make sure they're real or else you'll lose credibility. Deadlines drive decisions. Let humans push themselves over the edge to not miss out. 
This is the number one tip for local businesses because they have to vary their marketing more frequently than national advertisers. So putting on a new wrapper with a date on the same service gives you the urgency and novelty you need. Third tactic is promotional or pricing urgency. So using your actual pricing or offer as the thing they could miss out on. Get started today so you can take advantage of the discount you came in for. Keynote guys, you want to clean your pipeline with every price change. If and when you plan to raise your prices, you should clean out your pipeline by letting people know. Let them know, hey, the price is going to go up, so get in now. Never raise your price without letting people know. It puts you in a position of strength, and it also gives you a nice little influx of cash when all the people on the fence buy in. The fourth tactic of creating urgency is exploding opportunity. So on occasion, you will be exposing the prospect to an arbitrage opportunity. So it's a tipping time clock. And so something like this, every second someone delays, they miss out on a disproportionate amount of gains. So the sooner someone acts, the better it'll be for them. An example of this would be like highly competitive job offers. So they would say, okay, we will offer you this signing bonus these three next three days, but following those next three days, that signing bonus is going to cut down by 30% or something like that. That's how these top companies get the best talent really fast because they force you to take quick action. All right, so let's talk about bonuses. The main takeaway of bonuses is this. A single offer is less valuable than the same offer broken into its component parts and stacked as bonuses. This section is about how to present those pieces and in what order. So airtime on TV is very valuable, but you'll always see all the infomercials say, but wait, there's more, wait, there's more. There's a reason why they're paying for those valuable seconds. To say that is because it works. This bonus strategy is so powerful. You want to beat the prospect into submission with over delivery. This works because we're increasing the prospect's price to value discrepancy by increasing the value delivered instead of cutting the price. With each increasingly valuable bonus, that discrepancy grows wider and wider until it's too big to bear and we snap the rubber band in their mind that is holding their wallet in their pocket. We're now going to present that stack of those deliverables to make the offer irresistible. <coughs> Pro tip. Add bonuses instead of discounting whenever possible on your core offers. We're going to focus on one-on-one -on -one selling because group selling is beyond the scope of this book. So for one-on-one -on -one selling, you're going to ask them for the sale first before offering the bonuses. And if they say yes, then you'll let them know about the additional bonuses and they're going to get that wow experience that reinforces their decision to buy. But if they say no after the first ask, then you present a bonus that addresses that specific objection and then you ask again. You agree with the prospect and then add that specific bonus that addresses that concern they had. Tip, always ask after adding that bonus if the bonus is fair enough. People struggle rejecting reciprocity, so they will acknowledge that it's fair enough and then they'll feel more compelled to buy. Again, we're going to provide all these bonuses to them anyways, but it increases the perception of our offer by layering these bonuses one at a time. So here's some key things to remember about bonuses. Always offer them. Give them a special name that has a benefit in the title. Tell them how it relates to their issue, what it is, how you discovered or created it, how it specifically improves their lives and makes their experience easier or faster. Make sure the bonuses provide some proof that this is valuable. Paint a vivid mental image of what their life will be like, assuming that they already used it. Always ascribe a price tag to them and justify it. This is a fun fact that tools and checklists are better than additional trainings because it requires less effort and time. They should address a specific concern and obstacle in the prospect's minds about why they can't be successful with their product. These bonuses prove their beliefs incorrect. A good idea for a bonus is also what they would logically need next after buying your product. Like think of all the things they would have to need next immediately afterwards and include those as bonuses. So you want to solve their next problem before they even encounter it. The value of the bonuses should eclipse the value of the core offer itself. In their mind, they're going to be like, if these bonuses are this much, then the main offer has to be much more valuable. You want to further enhance the value of your bonuses by adding scarcity and urgency to them. Only people who sign up for X program will have access to my bonuses 1, bonus 2, and bonus 3 that are never for sale or available anywhere else. If you buy today, for instance, I will give you X bonus that normally costs $1,000 for free. I'll do that because I want to reward action takers. So here's some advanced level bonus strategies you can use. You can get other businesses to give you the products or services as part of your bonuses in exchange for exposure to your clients for free. This is free marketing for them and high value products to you at no cost. If you really want to be a Jedi though, you can negotiate a group discount and a commission for yourself. 
everybody wins. The businesses will pay you and you don't have to do anything but refer customers to them that you already spent money to acquire. If you really want to get crazy, come up with a Grand Slam offer for these partner businesses. Again, there's lots of free tools on acquisition.com slash training slash offers. In this particular section, Alex is offering a free bonus creation checklist so you can go through and like put together some bonuses using his tips all for free. So for bonuses, create checklists, tools, swipe files, scripts, templates, anything else that would take a lot of time to create on one's own but is easy to use once created. Make it a habit to record every workshop, webinar, event, interview, and use them as additional bonuses. Proactively negotiate group discounts and a referral commission with adjacent bonuses that solve your customers' needs. Think, what's the next natural thing they might want? Keep these things in your back pocket and then sprinkle them in as bonuses later on. Let's talk about guarantees now. Guarantees address the elephant in the room, risk. Some prospects might still hold some reservations. What if this product or service doesn't work? What if it's not for me? What if it's too expensive for what it actually is? Guarantees completely obliterate risk and remove any reason not to buy. Reversing risk is an immediate way to make any offer more attractive. You must always hit your guarantee hard, even if you don't have one. Say it boldly and give the reason why. There are four types of guarantees, unconditional, conditional, anti-guarantee, and implied guarantees. So you might think to yourself, but won't people take advantage of a crazy guarantee? Yeah, sometimes, but not usually. But you have to understand the math. An absolute increase in sales of 5% would need to be offset by an absolute increase of refunds by 5%. That might mean doubling of refunds most occasions, which is very unlikely. The stronger the guarantee, the higher the net increase in total sales, even if the refund rate increases alongside it. Let me give you an example. Say you have 100 sales and 5 refunds, that's 5%, you have 95 net sales. With a guaranteed offer though, you get 130 sales, let's say, and let's say really bad scenario, you get double of the refund rate. You get 13 refunds you will still have netted 117 net sales. So 117 divided by 95, that is a 23% increase in sales. Yeah, it's worth putting in guarantees. Yeah, you will probably get more refunds, but you will get infinitely more money and more sales because of it, and that offsets those refunds. So it makes sense to put in a guarantee. Some people just suck, and they will do the refunds. Those are the worst clients, and those are the worst people anyways but you will have far more people buying it because of that guarantee than you would otherwise. What makes a guarantee have power is a conditional statement. If you do not get X result in wide time period, we will Z. You want your guarantee to have teeth. This is a bad example of a guarantee. We will get you 20 clients guaranteed. Here's a better example. We will get you 20 clients in your first 30 days or we will give you your money back plus your advertising dollars spent with us. See how much more powerful that is? So again, let's go through these four guarantees. First type is unconditional. These are the strongest guarantees. Basically a trial where they get to pay first and see if they like it. This gets a lot of people to buy, but you will have some refunds. That's fine though. The second type is conditional guarantees. You can get very creative with these. You want these to be better than a money back guarantee. Make a few of those key actions that someone needs to take in order to find success with your product as part of the guarantee. This is a win-win. They get on the track to their goals and you get a better client. If given the option of getting a refund or getting the outcome they were promised, the vast majority of people will go for the outcome. Third type of guarantee is the anti-guarantee. All sales are final. You must own this position. Show a massive exposure or vulnerability in your part that the consumer would immediately understand and think, yeah, that makes sense. Fourth type of guarantee is an implied guarantee. These are performance-based offers. Think rev share, profit share, commissions. These only work with transparency and trust. You can also stack guarantees. You can get creative with it. You can have a unconditional guarantee for the first 30 days, and then you can have a conditional guarantee for the next 90 days. Get creative with it. Here's a pro tip. Name your guarantee something cool. Instead of using satisfaction or another type of vanilla word, use something more visually appealing. Hormozy gives a generic example, for instance, as a uh, 30-day money-back guarantee. You can use a creative alternative that Hormozy uses saying, uh, you'll get our famous club a baby seal guarantee. After 30 days of using our service, if you wouldn't club a baby seal to stay on as a customer, you don't have to pay a penny. 
That is intense, but you know, it's fun. It gets people invested and you know what? That's, that's a lot of fun. That's what it's all about. We're marketers. Here's how you create your own winning guarantee. Reversing risk is the number one way to increase the conversion of any offer. Also, guarantees are enhancers. They cannot make a business. It cannot cover up a poor sales team or a poor product. That will backfire and result in a ton of refunds. No bueno. All right, so we covered a lot. All that's next is to put a bow on your offer and name it something appealing. Naming an offer correctly matters. Again, go to acquisitions.com and you can check out a free guarantee checklist to work on your guarantees for free. All right, so now let's work on naming your offer. We are generally drawn to the things and people that most resemble us. Your Grand Slam offer will not make you money if no one finds out about it. It is not build it and they will come. That's a fallacy. For instance, a free six-week stress release challenge is much more appealing than a, quote, float tank center session. They might be the same thing, but one is much more visual and it addresses exactly what it is in the name. Over time, offers fatigue. So note, reaching an audience once in no way means that the offer is fatigued. Most people don't even notice an offer in the first mention. That's why you constantly need to create new creative, which are videos and and images, and new hooks, new stories, and new copy around the same offers. This one concept will give you leads forever. So pay attention. We are not changing the actual offer. We're only changing the wrapping paper. And you can use Hormozzi's famous magic headline formula. So think magic, the letters of magic, M-A-G-I-C. So for M, you want to think magnet. For A, you want to think avatar. For G, you want to think goal. For I, you want to think time interval. And for C, you want to think of container. Let's break this down. Again, all these components are not mandatory, but typically for an offer, you want to use about three of these in your headline, in the name of your offer. The shorter and punchier is the better, but it's also a balance. You want to be somewhat specific so people can know what it's about, but you don't want it to use all of these because then it'll be too overwhelming, too long of a name. So let's go through the magic headline formula. M. You want to make a magnetic reason why. Start with a word or phrase that tells people why we are running our promotion. For instance, Hormozzi was in a fraternity and one time they had a party for one of their brothers who just had their wisdom teeth removed. So the whole theme of the party was we're celebrating this guy who got his wisdom teeth removed. That is the why of the party. That is the why of the offer. You want to be able to channel the why and make it very clear why you're doing that. Here are some examples of this type of offer. You've definitely seen these. Free. 88% off, spring slash summer sale, back to school sale, grand opening, new management, anniversary sale, Halloween sale, New Year's sale. Like these are all communicating the M, the magnet, like the reason why this offer exists. Now the A in magic, announce your avatar. You need to announce your ideal avatar. You want to be as specific as possible, but no more. So when advertising, you want to say Baltimore, you want to say Towson. You don't don't want to say Chicago, you want to see Hinsdale. And examples of this are things like Centerville Chiropractors or Percival Dads or brick and mortar businesses or saloon owners, (laughs) saloon owners, salon owners or retired athletes or Brooklyn busy executives. Like you want to be like hyper specific with your avatar in your offer name. So for G and magic, you want to give them a goal. This is where you articulate your prospect's dream outcome. This can be an event, a feeling, an experience, an outcome, anything that would excite them. The more specific, the better. Let me share some examples of this. You've definitely heard these before. Pain-free, celebrity smile, double your profit, first client guaranteed, your first 100K, bikini body. Now the I in magic. You want to indicate a time interval. Just let them know the duration to expect here. Important to note though, when you're creating ads, If you're going to make any sort of quantifiable claim, most platforms will not allow this type of messaging because it has a stated duration. It implies a guarantee, so it might not be compliant with most platforms. But if you don't need to deal with compliance, duration is a super powerful tool. Alternatively, you can just say this is not a claim and then absolutely use a time interval. So examples of this are like four hour something, like four hour work week is an example of that. Four hour body, 21 day camp or whatever, six week something, right? Like these have the time interval within the offer. And finally, the C in magic. This is the container. The container word denotes that this offer is a bundle of a lot of things put together. It is a system and it can't be held up to a commoditized alternative. 
Think words like challenge, blueprint, boot camp, incubator, masterclass, program, experience, summit, accelerator, launch, transformation, deep dive, workshop, comeback, reset, hack, etc. Pro tip, you want to find time to rhyme. Rhymes stick in people's minds. It's just, it's just nice to have. You don't have to force it. Think celebrity butt shortcut or 12-month no-depth reset or marriage thrive deep dive. You know, fun rhymes like that. Here's another pro tip. An alternative is to use alliteration. Similar sounds are words starting with the same letter. Again, you don't want to force this. Make money masterclass or depth detox or life coach liftoff. So I know most of our listeners have some sort of offer. We have a lot of lifestyle coaches. We have some business coaches listening. So on pages 142 and 143, Hormozy lists some ideal names for those types of businesses. So I'm just going to list those off. So here are some offers that you can use for your own offer. You can tweak it a little bit, make it your own. 88% off 12-week bikini blueprint. Free 21-day mommy makeover. Six-week stress release challenge. For coaching, you can use something like five clients in five days blueprint or seven-figure agency 12-week intensive, or 14-day find your perfect product launch, or fill your gym in 30 days. Those are some ideas for you to get started on naming your offer. Important here is to not be emotional about the name. You're going to change these every now and then to avoid offer fatigue. A pro tip is to use the magic formula for sub-items and bonuses too, so that everything is as optimized as possible. So what happens if your offer fatigues? Here is the order you should change things in order to keep lead flow consistent. The first thing you should change is the creative. The second thing is changing the body copy in your ads. The third is changing the headline, like the wrapper of your offer. The fourth is changing the duration of your offer. The fifth thing you should do is change the enhancer of your offer. The sixth thing you should do is change the monetization structure, the series of offers you give, prospects, and the price points associated with them. So the lower you go down this list, the more operationally heavy it is. So really be sure you have exhausted the earlier, lighter ways of varying your offer. This is where you use your entrepreneurial ADD. I know as entrepreneurs, you want to change things all the time, but this is something that you don't want to change. You don't want to change the bottom half of these as often. You only want to change and adjust your offer when need be. Change the creative. That's the easiest thing you could do. Put out more content. The copy is the next thing you want to do. So do those lighter lifts first and use your entrepreneurial ADD to your advantage. Don't just switch things just because you want to. Again, it's important to understand that people do judge a book by its cover. Do not half-ass naming your offer. There's a free naming formula checklist on acquisition.com slash training slash offers. It's free for you. All right, last section of the book, section five is execution. And it starts off with this quote by Charlie Munger, who's the vice chairman of the Berkshire Hathaway. That's Warren Buffett's company. Quote, the first $100,000 is a bitch, but you got to do it. I don't care what you have to do. If it means walking everywhere and not eating anything that wasn't purchased with a coupon, find a way to get your hands on $100,000. After that, you can ease off the gas a little bit, end quote. Listen, guys, some people get there fast, some people get there slow, but everyone gets there eventually as long as you don't give up. Keep moving forward, keep getting up, keep believing that it can happen, and it will. So now you have a Grand Slam offer. This is the first building block of a wonderful business. In the book, I skipped a lot of Hormozy's personal stories of how he went through absolute shit to get to where he is now. There's pictures of him here with Arnold Schwarzenegger and very crazy in-depth personal stories that he shares here about the absolute lows of his business. These lessons I just shared with you are very hard won. I really, really appreciate your time listening to me and the getting these stories out. There was a lot of reading, but I honestly believe in capitalism as the perfect system to expand value to the world. Every day, every generation, we get better and better because we have more capitalists creating new forms of value and the pie is just getting fat and bigger. And I'm doing my part here. I wanted to share Hermosi with you guys. He has his own podcast called The Game. He has his own YouTube channel, Alex Hermosi. This book is spectacular. It came out in 2021. He's working on a second book called $100 Million Leads. And I can't wait till that comes out so he can talk about lead generation. But in the meantime, I see a lot of you. I get your DMs. I see you building your businesses. I see you working on your existent businesses. 
And I really hope that this has helped you with your business and your offer. Again, the offer is the first part of any business. And I really hope you got some value out of this episode. I thank you so much for your time again. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend, please leave a rating, please subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast. That's how we grow this channel. And thank you guys for your support. I want to thank you for letting me do work that I find meaningful. I'm working on my own business. I'm not here to sell you guys anything. I just wanted to pump this Hormozy information to you guys. He is a super valuable entrepreneurial mind we have alive nowadays. We're between two of his books. I can't believe I got to share $100 million offers before $100 million leads came out. I really hope that you, by listening to this, can take full advantage of the lessons therein and really boost your business, start a business, create an offer, enhance your offer, and just make the world a better place. We need entrepreneurs. We need people starting things. We need people who are not risk averse. And we need believe. We need positive people who create products for other people, not expecting anything in return. And I really hope that by pushing out this message, there will be better, higher quality offers out in the world. And everyone wins because of it. So again, thank you again for everything. Subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want to. I'm going to do more type of content like this. Subscribe to the podcast. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Plus Ultra.